Isaiah chapter 40. If you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 40. Beginning in verse 28, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. The other day, Stephanie was with the kids around the dinner table, and they were working on homework. They were working on things for Wednesday nights, some Awana stuff and Cubbies things. And uh, the three kids and Stephanie all around the table is just kind of noisy, a little bit of chaos. Just, just a busy kind of picture and scene with markers and pencils and papers all spread out there. Well, apparently, for our youngest, Hannah, it had been a particularly long day. She was tired. She was weary. She was exhausted. So much so that her exhaustion gave way to this. She's the one passed out on the table, by the way. Stephanie texted me this picture and said, well, this is a first. You know you're tired. You know you're weary. You know you're exhausted. When you just can't help but crash, collapse even, amidst the noise the chaos, and the busyness around you. This is the picture of many of us today. We're at a stage in life, we're in a season of life where we are, quite frankly, exhausted. Most dictionaries would describe exhaustion as a state of extreme physical or mental fatigue. Or it might be the state of using something up or being used up completely. In other words, we've exhausted our resources. We've exhausted our strength. We've exhausted our might or our power. We're exhausted. Mentally. Emotionally. Physically. No doubt spiritually. Many of us are tired, weak even. So much so that many of us are on the verge, if we're not there yet, on the verge of crashing, collapsing amidst the noise, the chaos, the busyness around us. So we've been in this series in Romans 12 on renewal. And ultimately what we've seen is that we must live as living sacrifices. We, we must literally lay ourselves on the altar and say, I'm all yours, Lord. I'm all in. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's all yours. I'm yours. We must live as living sacrifices. We must be transformed by the renewal of our minds. In other words, we must set our minds on Christ. We must think like Christ, act like Christ, serve like Christ, love like Christ. We've seen that this should be done within the context of the church, but also within the context of the world. But listen, in our endeavor, in our calling to live as Christ, to live for Christ, there will come exhaustion. You're going to get tired. The noise, the chaos, the 
busyness, the, the burdens in your life will bring you to a moment, a season in which you will want to throw your hands up and just quit. Like Jesus in the garden, almost in the sense you're so filled with this burden that you just want to collapse. You'll want to throw your hands up and quit. I don't know if you remember this old children's book, The Little Engine That Could. In the story, this train breaks down. This train is carrying toys, circus characters, and this train is trying to get to this other side of the mountain to arrive at this little village, this community where all the kids are waiting. Well, the train breaks down before it can go up this mountain. And this big locomotive comes by, and the, the train pleads for it to help, and the locomotive refuses. Then another one comes by, and it refuses. And then finally, this little engine, this little blue engine comes. And they plead with her to help. And so the little blue engine hooks herself up to this train and begins to pull this massive train up this mountain. And as this little engine just carries the weight and that burden up the mountain, she's saying over and over, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Well, hear me on this. Up this long mountain known as the Christian journey in a world like this is, you will no doubt sometimes think, and maybe even think today, I don't think I can. I really just don't think I can. You might very well say, no, I actually can't. I'm spent. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm weak. I'm exhausted. I just can't do this anymore. Well, let me let us in on a little secret. You would be right. You can't. You can't. The weight is too much. The noise is too loud. The chaos is too messy. The busyness is too much. The weight is just too much for you. A a couple of years ago, I was in the weight room with a friend of mine, and he was in our last church, and we were in this weight room, and uh, me and him were talking, and we were talking with a couple other guys. Well, in comes this high schooler. And this high schooler we knew, he came in there about every time we were in there, and he was loud, he was obnoxious, a little bit arrogant, uh, and so you always knew when he entered the weight room. It wasn't a terribly big weight room, but you, you knew when he entered. And he's huffing and puffing, you know, lifting these weights and everything. Well, on this particular day, we're talking, and he goes over to the, the bench press, and uh, we're not paying attention until all of a sudden he just screams out. And, and we look over, and he's got the bar down on his chest with an extreme amount of weight on this bar. It was too much for him. It had collapsed. Because that's the thing about weightlifting. And it's true in life. Eventually, the pressure of the weight just gets to be too much. There's always a breaking point to when you can no longer push that weight, to when you can no longer pull that weight, to when you can no longer carry that weight. And that weight will inevitably 
crush you if you're trying to do it by yourself. Again, the weight of this world is too much. The noise is too loud. The chaos is too messy. The busyness is too much. It's too much. For you, you can't make it up the mountain. But God. This is the message I want you to hear today. But God in you, through you, upon you, God can. So you're not the engine that could. You're, you're like the broken down train that is spent and exhausted that needs help. And God is the one who will see to it that you make it to the top of that mountain. See, you're the kid under the weight of those weights. And God is like my friend who get, went over there immediately after he cried out. Got his hands up under that bar and lifted the weight off of him. All God asks of you and myself is to hope in him, to set your mind on him, to look to him, to wait for him, and he will renew your strength. He will actually give you a strength, not your own, a new kind of strength. See, God has this way about him in which he will come beside us, come behind us, come inside of us and give us a new kind of strength and take that weight from us and literally, quite literally, pull us over the mountain. And this is what you see in Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28 says this. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord, the one true and eternal God, Yahweh himself, he is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding, you and I can't fathom. No one can. Verse 29 He's the one that gives strength to the weary. He's the one that increases the power of the weak. Even youths, literally the the word is even young children will grow tired and weary. Even they will run out of energy. Young men, young adults will stumble and fall even. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar or mount up or arise on wings like eagles. They will be the ones who will run and not grow weary. They will be the ones who will walk and not faint. Everywhere you and I turn right now, people are seeking to create energy. Everywhere. Save energy store energy, increase energy. Why is that? Well, because everything you and I need, everything we want, everything we love, literally everything in this world that we know needs energy. You needed energy to come here today. Your cell phone needs energy, your computer, your car, your heater, air conditioning unit, your washer, dishwasher, our own physical bodies 
everything in this world, plants, trees, the rotation of the earth, everything, it all requires energy. And everything we need, everything we want, everything we love, everything we know is running out of energy. All of it will eventually experience exhaustion. So you constantly have to plug that thing in. It's why you constantly have to go to sleep. Everything eventually will experience exhaustion. Matter of fact, in current cosmology, which is the study of the universe, the cosmos, we've talked about this a little bit before, but there's an area within current cosmology, which is eschatology. And when we hear the word eschatology, we think of religion, the church, scriptures. But in secular cosmology, there's an area of eschatology, which is the study of the end times. In other words, even secular cosmology recognizes the world is dying. The universe is running out of energy. As Paul said in Romans 8, all creation has been subjected to this bondage and decay. The same thing which is true in your own physical body. Everything's running out of energy. Everything will eventually experience exhaustion. But God. What we just read in Isaiah 40 is coming after a long presentation on the power and the strength of God, which we'll look at a little bit more next week. And it's written to a people who Isaiah is either prophesying about or they're in the midst of it or they are coming out of it. But the context of really beginning in Isaiah 40 through the next many chapters is exile, Babylonian exile. It's written to a people who are either or about to be or who are coming out of exhaustion. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, they're spent. But what Isaiah is reminding us here is that God is timeless. God is creator. God is sustainer. And God is without exhaustion. He's without exhaustion. He literally says he never grows tired. He never, ever, ever, ever grows tired. He never even begins the process of beginning to get tired or weary. He simply is. God is without exhaustion. Unlike you and me. No matter what kind of front we want to put on with people, no matter what kind of front we want to put on with ourselves, you and I will inevitably experience exhaustion. Even every day we run out of energy. Every year, just a little bit more energy you run out of. And eventually you will experience exhaustion. As he says here, even young children get tired. Young adults, doesn't matter their physical condition, they get tired. They will stumble and fall. They will collapse in exhaustion. But God is without exhaustion, unlike you and me. We will face exhaustion. The question is, is what do we do? What do we do? Like, what is our hope then? The hope is Him. To hope in Him, to set your mind on Him, to look to Him to wait for him 
and he will renew your strength. What do we do? We realize and acknowledge that only God can save us from our exhaustion. He's the one that gives strength. He's the one that renews your strength. He's the one that gives you a new kind of strength that this world has no access to. Only God can save us from that exhaustion. You'll remember the story of Samson, Judges 13 through Judges 16. Samson was a Nazarite. That word basically just means he was set apart by God and for God. And part of that being set apart, his vow as a Nazarite was to not cut his hair. His hair was to be an outward expression and declaration that he had been set apart by God and for God. Well, Samson was of unusual strength. That's what he's famous for. His strength, for example, at one point took care of 30 men by himself. He had unusual strength. But every time this kind of strength appeared in and through Samson, we read the statement which reveals where his strength actually and really came from. It's a phrase you read often in the context of Samson. This is the phrase. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. It was God who gave him strength. It was God who had always delivered Samson from exhaustion. Because only God can save you from exhaustion. But Samson would later tell Delilah that his strength was in his hair. Samson forgot where his strength came from. Just like the nation of Israel in the days leading up to exile and in the exile, they forgot where their strength came from. And many of us have forgotten where our strength comes from. I don't know what your hair is for you, but your strength ain't found in it. The moment Samson began to believe that his strength came not from God, he collapsed, so to speak. He was found with no strength. His strength was gone. He was spent. He was exhausted. Those who will be delivered, who will make it over the mountain, who will soar on wings like eagles, who will be lifted up and who will scrape the moon, if you will, those who will run and not grow weary, who will walk and not faint, are those who know, who believe, and who acknowledge, they live acknowledging that their strength comes not from themselves, Not from anything in this world, not from their accomplishments or education or bank accounts, but their strength comes from God and in Him alone. And if you believe otherwise, you will collapse in exhaustion. Your strength will disappear. Those who hope in the Lord, whose minds and hearts are set on Him, who cling to Him, who wait for Him, who hope in Him, they will renew their strength. God will renew their strength. Literally, the word means uh, a new kind of strength, a strength not their own. And he relates it to an eagle. Literally, almost like an eagle being lifted up, ascending. The images of an eagle just soaring on the unseen strength of the winds. 
over a valley, over mountains. You and I will inevitably experience exhaustion. But God is without exhaustion. And only God can save us from exhaustion. So set your mind on Him. Set your hearts on Him. If not, you will collapse in exhaustion. In October, just this past year in Anchorage, Alaska, was the Division II State Boys Country Running Championship. And this cross-country meet began just like any other race. Athletes crowded around there at the starting line. The gum was blown. They began to run. The conditions were muddy. But all these runners just kept marching through, running through the mud and the conditions in hopes of helping their teams capture a state championship. Well, towards the last bit of the race, there was these two boys... One a senior, one a sophomore, with Grace, Grace Christian School. And the senior and the sophomore ran together for most of the race, but in the last bit of the race, the senior had gotten behind the sophomore a little bit, and he was encouraging his teammate, hey, keep moving. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. We're almost there. We're approaching the finish line. Go strong. You've got this. Well, as they approached the finish line, the, the sophomore began to slow down. The senior passed him. And the senior was running and running and running. And as he's getting closer to the finish line, he looks around to make sure his teammate's following him. And he was. But whenever the senior was just moments from the finish line, probably about from here to that back wall, he looked back over his shoulders to check on his teammate. And that's when he noticed that his teammate's body started to fail him. His legs began to stumble. The sophomore, his teammate, collapsed. His body was done, spent. So the senior had this moment of, as he's approaching the finish line, what do I do? Because if I cross that finish line, I can't go back and help him. I'm now out of the race. Literally within inches of the finish line, the senior stopped, turned around, and went back to his teammate. And he lifted him up in his arms and quite literally dragged him across the finish line. That's the image of God carrying you across the finish line. You can't do it. You'll face exhaustion. But if you'd set your mind on Christ, if you'd hope in Him, He would renew your strength, come alongside you, lifting you up, and you will find yourself beginning to soar on the wings like eagles. No doubt you and I are exhausted. Everything we see in our culture, everything we're experiencing in the world, 
personally were exhausted. The message of Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, and really all of Isaiah 40 is God isn't. He's without exhaustion. And he can save you from that exhaustion if you just turn to him, hope in him, and wait for him. Let me finish with these words from Paul in Ephesians. We read them even just last year. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. And in his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he created all things. But also the same mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. Every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That power, that strength, that might is available to you who believe. With heads bowed, eyes closed. During this time of invitation, I'm convinced that for God, for many of us, is just simply calling our hearts and minds back to Him. We've actually begun to believe that our strength is in our hair, if you will. Well, my strength is in my job. It's in my money, it's in my accomplishments, it's in my position, my status. Man, our power and strength, it's in our government, it's in our military. What are you talking about? The creator and the sustainer of the cosmos is the one who gives power and strength. And as soon as we as individuals or as families or as a people forget that, We'll face exhaustion. We'll collapse. But those who wait for the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, they shall find God renewing their strength. They shall find themselves being pulled up the mountain, the weight lifted off, soaring up, rising up on the wings of eagles. God may just be calling you to come back to him. And for others of us, he's calling us just to pray for the person next to us, for the person across from us in this room, or for our fellow brothers and sisters around the world to pray that they would come back to the Lord. Father, we come to you in this place. Many of us exhausted. Trying to climb the mountain ourselves. Trying to push the weight off. 
trying to carry the burden. May we recognize and acknowledge in this place today that we can't. But you can. May we stop misbelieving that our strength is found in things of ourselves or things in this world. You are the creator and sustainer of the universe. You uphold the universe by the word of your power. You're the one who gives strength. You're the one who provides strength. You're the unending well of energy, so to speak. May we set our minds on you. May we set our hope in you. May we abide in you. May we return to you. And if we've been placing our hope in other things, may we repent of it. And Lord, may you provide the strength that only you can provide. May you renew our strength. Lord, I pray for each person and family in this room. Draw us to you now in this moment. In Christ's name I pray. I'm going to ask that you stand with us. As we sing this song, there's an opportunity for you to come down to these steps to pray, to talk to myself. If you want to talk about baptism, if you want to talk about salvation, you want to talk about church membership, if you just need prayer, now's the time for you to come during this time.